welcome back to another episode of the podcast hi on tranquility this is your host this is one of those episodes which deal about finance finance is one of those topics which i always curious about because it has a lot of numbers in it okay this episode is going to be super amazing because the person whom we have got here is super talented and uh, satvik he is satvik hi satvik hi chandan um thanks a lot for inviting me uh, to this podcast uh, in first place thank you it's a pleasure having you all right satvik what's your perspective on finance being a founder of nyayartha which deals a lot about finance and the basic understanding what is your perspective on it like why do you think it's important for people to understand okay before we start i would request you to explain everything in such a manner where anyone would understand because uh, for me i suggest you to explain it simplistic as possible certainly i mean and also glad you brought up nyayartha so nyayartha's whole point of view is like the culmination of legal sciences and finance i'll tell two things from uh, nyayartha one is how we wanted to simplify every single thing that's going on in the world of finance and legal sciences to youth to youngsters who are actually looking at our page like around 75 to 90% of uh, our page is is followed by people who are under 21 so you can understand how uh, the whole i mean the how youth are actually looking at uh, finance and legal sciences currently and they want to understand uh, and difficult topics that's going around them and it's not just we wanting to uh, make it affordable and accessible to uh, youngsters it's also that youngsters are looking upon financial education because they know it's important because they're getting money in their pockets now so that's one thing and second thing is about its culmination right finance and legal sciences just culminated in one place not in just uh, out of blue we knew that finance can or economics can be culminated with any subject in this world so every time you look at an ipo ipo doesn't come right out of the blue it needs prospectus it needs a lot of regulations from sebi it needs a lot of other uh, uh, regulatory authorities approving it so you will see that culmination among a lot of uh, other fields and uh, other variety of uh, uh, variety of uh, schools schools of uh, business schools of uh, legal sciences so um, and even architecture so finance is one thing that's there everywhere that's why it's very important why do i say it's there everywhere every single person deals with money every single day a vendor who comes right front of my house deals with money and a person who is in sitting in a five star hotel deals with money so, and every single person who is taking uh, out their purse is dealing with money irrespective of what he is or what he does why do you think on that point since everyone money is uh, okay numbers are playing this integral role in everyone's life right but yes. why do you think this isn't been a part of our understanding system that is the education system i've asked this question with uh, to many people and uh, i know i'm asking it again uh, since you've taught more than uh, 1200 students what is your opinion about the education system that we have here yeah so see my mentor is uh, called as education revolutionist and uh, math magician and uh, from i learned most of it from him pawan rc so one thing i can tell you is 73% of indians are financially illiterate so i mean at lo- around 75 to 85% of them are literate mm-hmm. but 75 to 85% are financially illiterate so this is this uh, astounding uh, facts which actually makes me believe that we have a lot of room to 
ensure that we educate students, educate uh, our, and not just youngsters, but now a lot of people are in their 30s and 40s and they need to understand finance because of two things. One, our education system doesn't teach all that because it's old. It is terribly old. It's so clerical. I mean, it's just, I mean, we all have discussed about how it's about hiding and it's putting out uh, on paper. Yeah, it is easy. Most of most of them will see that it's easy, but it's tiresome and it is nuisance. And I think and that's a simple thing. And also, the second thing I want to talk about when it comes to financial education uh, and why it's important is when you look at your pockets, you the money you're just keeping it and pushing it inside is reducing day by day. How? A rat is not eating it, but inflation is eating up. Every day, the price of commodities you go out for buying is going to increase. and But the 100 rupees value thus reduces. If you keep that 100 rupee note under your bed, after 20 years, if you want to buy the same dairy milk silk you could have bought with that 100 rupees, you can't. Because that would have increased to 200 or 300. So that's called inflation. Simple. So if you put it under your bed, doesn't matter. You need to be financially educated to invest to ensure that your tax savings are there. So that's why I think financial uh, independence or financial freedom is extremely important because you're not uh, you're going to educate yourself so that you're not dependent on someone else uh, for everything like for uh, for your simple money uh, for simply buying a tea or buying a coffee in a particular store. So financial freedom uh, comes from financial education and financial education comes from uh, ensuring that you educate yourself daily and understand about uh, different financial instruments or understand simple businesses. So, yeah. Got it. Got it. So, since we talked about the idea of investing, look, how do you go? Uh, you, you are a professional analyst as well. So, how do you go with the idea of investing? Yeah. So, I'm more of a research analyst and um, when I talk about idea of investing when you invest your money it's not just about the stock market firstly that's something i want to uh, clarify you can invest your money into a lot of other avenues like real estate it could be also in if you even if you put it uh, in gold commodities like gold and any other offbeat instruments but a lot of people talk about stock market and uh, I, I believe like even when you hinted about investing, it was about the market and it was about uh, the NSE and BSE uh, stock exchanges and like how uh, we invest in uh, Nifty, Sensex and all that. So how I go about investing is I don't invest in stocks. I never believe in investing in stocks, but I believe in investing in businesses. Simple. See, I tell you, I don't have a business to run. I don't have a business. I have not yet started any business to run. Nyayartha's venture is more of a non-profit organization currently. We plan to go to uh, go profitable by uh, building on courses and all that. But that's a different thing. But currently, it's non-profit and we just aim to uh, educate students and that will be there forever, even though we go and do our courses. That will be there forever. But when it comes to profitable organizations, I don't have any businesses. So what I do is, I invest in businesses which I believe in. Do I believe in this particular textile business? I will invest I always buy it, buy my my clothes from uh, uh, Louis Vuitton or um, Peter England or whatever it is, right? So I'm just giving an example. I don't want, I don't waste money in uh, a lot of brands. So just uh, being clear about that. Uh, so I inv- I buy in particular uh, brands. So whatever brand I buy is usually coming under Madura Fashion, so that is Aditya Billa Fashions, right? Simple example because Aditya Billa Fashions own a lot, own a lot, and I 
looked at this companies whichever i was buying it from simply out of curiosity in my 9th and 10th and 11 uh during that time one or the other time and i thought oh god these people have so many businesses i think i should invest in this because i am going to buy where people a lot of people are buying uh, uh, clothes nowadays that's the trend which is happening because that time the recession thing was not happening so I, said, I think that's the trend happening i think i should invest i invested in it and i got good considerable amount of um <laughs> i got considerable exposure and also profits on that particular thing and recently they have uh, got they had some deals with uh, flipkart and uh, all that so what i'm saying is you believe in businesses you don't believe in stocks and if you, when it comes to believing stocks, it's about technical analysis and about I'm into fundamental analysis and understanding the industry, like industry case. How is the industry? Second, I come down to how the company is, how are they profitable and how is the management? So this is how I go about investing. Go look at businesses, not the stocks. Understood. Uh, since you brought up the point of uh, investing in gold, I just got reminded of this uh, scene or this article that I've been reading a couple of days ago where a country's uh, capital, a part of it, a portion of it, is being solidly stored in the form of a gold. Because during extraordinary situations, they bring it out. Like, uh, I remember I remember watching this scene in uh, the, the famous TV show Money Heist as well. So, what what is your opinion about, like, uh, storing, I mean, uh, investing on gold as an asset? Why not any other? Oh, okay. So, because you pointed out the investing in gold. So, investing in gold is always thought as a hedge against the stock market, right? So, why is it hedge against the market? Um, even bonds sometimes is uh, thought, thought as a hedge against the market. Recently, today is uh, March 3rd, and on February 26th, 27th and all that. So, the bond deal increased. Okay, I'll not go technical because uh, uh, it takes, takes like explaining bond deal itself takes uh, a considerable amount of time. But what happened was the amount of money they were uh, giving for if you buy bonds increased. So people were like, why should I invest in India? Why should I invest uh, FIS, especially foreign institutional investors? They're like, why should I invest in India? Such a risky place. India is still a developing country, right? It's an emerging nation. So investing in India means it is investing in a little on the riskier, riskier assets and riskier stocks. So they actually put took their money and put it in bond. Why? Because it was safer. The risk-return ratio had some impact. So what is risk-return ratio? Simple thing. More the risk, more you expect returns. So they're like, oh, I'm going to get less risk when it comes to US treasury bonds. So I'm going to invest in that. So that's why when you asked about the gold, it's a simple example. Gold is thought to be risk-free, complete risk-free. So that's why it's a hedge against the market, number one. That's what the analysis tells. And second thing is India loves gold. Uh, India mostly loves uh, ornamental gold, yes. And third, considering your question, I also will talk about little history on gold. We all know that gold was uh, uh, thought to be like should be the reserve and it was like the currency before US uh, currency was uh, extremely popular. Gold was stored. Even now gold is stored like extremely uh, as a reserve uh, because that is thought to be hedging against the market and hedging against businesses uh, growth. Yeah. Understood. Uh, since we're going on those lines, uh, there is another other, other thing, other discussion that I've been having with a friend of mine who is a financial, uh, who is a finance uh, and investment enthusiast. So he mentioned uh, when we are talking about two thousand eight recession that all happened with the uh, with the United States banks and uh, the, that entire ball game. That the same thing can happen with every single real estate 
in our country not just our country anywhere so uh, you might have known about this for sure you you will be knowing about this bubble which is just growing up uh what do you think about it okay so if you ask uh, about real estate i mean the bubble of real estate one, especially in india yeah yeah so recently if you would have seen a lot of purchases are happening in karnataka mumbai uh, the reason is the reduction in stamp duty so we all know about stamp duty like you particular percentage uh, uh, of whatever uh, you buy has to be paid back to the government and so a lot of uh, seen around stamp duty so stamp duty was extremely high 4% 5% now it's reduced to around 3.5 uh, 2% i don't know about the recent uh, percentage redu- reduction but that's the reason a lot of big purchases are happening second i have analyzed uh, real estate based uh, stocks um like let's say let's take to simple in karnataka um, in bangalore uh, living in bangalore uh, there is something called shobha right so uh, the best among them is godrej properties in the country but uh, i'll talk about shobha so a lot of shobha's current uh, uh, current buildings and current structures are completely empty and there was a year ago if i have to say around uh, one and a half to two years ago there was this probable uh, news coming in that uh, until unless all the current structures are filled you can't build no structures that was the probable news that was uh, coming up from the karnataka government uh, but um, luckily it didn't come uh, uh, for a lot of people it's very lucky because uh, they were they were already amidst half of uh, building that capital structure they like i have to stop now it's it's going to keep all my capital in bank so hopefully then but if i have to talk about the bubble exactly i just wanted to give a context on what's happening with current real estate industry uh, but bubble i i i, I would say it's not exact it's not going to exactly happen as such because currently capital was re- reduced in the pockets of a lot of people so they were like i won't pay this much and all that but now real estate prices has corrected a bit amidst uh, covid and uh, people are ready to give it at the price which it is usually at in the stamp duty and all that so i i see one thing that uh, india real estate bubble very minimal but if you talk about us the real estate bubble is building um india compared to india us in current real estate bubble another 2008 uh, happening i mean i won't be surprised about it because new york or a lot of places is facing a lot of hike in prices and uh, correct 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 so since we had a conversation about gold already would you think the the crypto gold the cryptocurrency world uh, in this entire world of blockchain would you think bitcoin has that potential has that ideology of replacing the physical or the authentic gold which which uh, every single generation has been passing through i mean this is like the the question the whole world is asking so uh, see the whole point of bitcoin if i have to tell uh, i i would also request you to give a basic understanding about what bitcoin is uh, for anyone okay so bitcoin is a decentralized currency so when i told about uh, markets when i told about bonds and all that a lot of it is like see bonds or uh, bond deals or uh, currency you have in your hand all of them can be actually manipulated by the uh, government or the central government they can just print a lot more notes and whatever uh, money you have in your pockets the value of it can reduce significantly that's why it is called inflation inflation is the purchasing power of money is reduced simple so why bitcoin is thought to replace gold is because gold is always thought to be the alternative currency now bitcoin is pushing gold to become the alternative currency 
that's why when you see tesla will uh, accept bitcoin as a payment uh, this particular company accept bitcoin like master uh, mastercard now that all of them are starting to go towards bitcoin people are saying like if, if i was gold i would be fearing oh is this actually replacing me uh, so i mean bitcoin might become the alternative currency that's the whole point of people investing in bitcoin why do we invest in bitcoin it's highly risky because the whole uh, idea is this is uh, see we have value of valuing a company you do use three models right usually it's done by ashwatthama so one is uh, dcf discounted cash flow you see the future cash flows of the business and you try to estimate it and say hey yeah discounted i think this is a good stock uh, based on the current price or relative valuation you see related uh, companies and how is it valued and try to do all the uh, multiples and all third one is option pricing model what is option pricing model is if this happens the value of this particular thing has to be this so every do you, did you just hear how many ifs i told in uh, option pricing model exactly what you do with bitcoin right bitcoin doesn't have exactly like a valuation model according to me bitcoin is valued based on what you think and i think that uh, if this will become a legal currency so tomorrow see bitcoin or dogecoin uh, if, you to, if you have to talk about dogecoin and all that so uh, bitcoin and dogecoin the whole reason of it of gaining fame is because if i and you if you and I just accept it as a currency, the value increases. See, if you don't accept, uh, I mean, uh, uh, tomorrow, if 10 of us decide that uh, if I uh, this particular Bitcoin has a value of 100 rupees, you say, cool, I'll give you this uh, uh, chocolate for that 100 rupees. So we all decide that I'll accept Bitcoin for this chocolate. So the second more people, 100 people, 200 people, 300 people accept Bitcoin as currency, more people come into this thing, the value increases. That's why as soon as Elon Musk came into this whole segment of Bitcoin and all that, the price started shorting, shooting up because they thought probably this can actually become a currency one day. People, a lot more people can start accepting. So it's just like Facebook and a lot of other social media apps. More the number of people, network externality happens. So simple network externality, more people, more acceptance, more value. That's all. Understood, understood, understood. So uh, this has a clear chance of uh, replacing, right? Possible. Okay, there's a possibility. There's a possibility. So going on those lines, would you think banning cryptocurrency from India, what is going to happen? Okay. Okay. Is is it gonna? Is it? Uh, isn't it gonna push the country forty years back, thirty years back, twenty years back? Okay, a very good question. See, uh, because of the recent events, yeah, uh, very good. Uh, point of, uh, I mean, point of understanding and discussing. See, when it comes to Bitcoin, it's limited, first of all. That's one thing we need to keep in mind. That's why central government or anyone who it's uh, who centralized government can't actually replace it or try to manipulate the uh, value of the Bitcoin, one thing. But coming back to your question on this banning, uh, in 2019, there was this bill uh, on banning cryptocurrency. Right. So there was this bill saying that banning cryptocurrency and uh, Indian digital currency, ka one bill. And currently, the bill name actually has changed from, uh, they've removed banning in 2021 and they've just put cryptocurrency and, uh, and digital uh, Indian digital currency. So two things I want to point out is they are not very strict about uh, banning cryptocurrency this time. Second thing I want to talk about is um, they particularly don't want cryptocurrency to be a legal currency for sure in India. But they want to create their own digital currency. See, does, doesn't that project the way of decentralization, which is not being supported by the central government, which is <laughs> they're they're again trying to pull the strings? No, see, it's a see. 
I'll tell you, um, no one has actually uh, got gotten uh, into view of what they mean by uh, digital currency. But China has been creating uh, a digital currency for the past five years. Think about it. China is completely aggressive. It's all prompted towards the government. Uh, everyone is looking at government and government is everything there. And they are working for the last five years and they have not yet come up with like fully established digital currency. And if you expect, if you and I expect that uh, before we, we turn 30, that's I'm 20, uh, about 20. So in another 10 years, digital Indian digital currency will happen. It's optimistic. I will feel for sure it will take another five to eight years. And second thing is, yeah, it might not be completely decentralized because India don't go towards like complete innovation or uh, it doesn't risk things. Because some people will say it's actually very conservative and it's good because a lot of population is there, a lot of illiterates are, uh, I mean, financial illiterates uh, are present. So we can't actually go ahead with new financial instruments. But recently, uh, our Prime Minister Shri Narendra Modi ji told that we need to come up with new financial instruments in the financial market. And I'll tell you, I'm quoting. He, he just did say that, that we need to come up with new financial instruments. So I think that we are going towards new financial instruments, but forgetting that Bitcoin already exists. So they think we think that uh, a lot of people like let's say Rakesh Junjunwala himself, who is like the stock market legend, like whatever he says, the book, book, big book, right? So whatever he says is the thing. And he told that I don't like Bitcoin. Done. Done. It's over. All the people who were investing, a lot of Rakesh Junjunwala fans like went out of the uh, went out of that particular position. And also it is currently um, valued at discount in India. Uh, it is trading in a discount. And Indian digital currency coming up is not a next uh, big, I mean, not, not going to happen very soon. I think one uh, RBI governor will change for sure before that. That I can tell you. So uh, you, you, you or I might become, we don't ever know. But I'll tell you, India is very conservative. India doesn't go complete innovative and um, it might if, if affect the um, fintech sector, which is trying to go innovative. But uh, yeah, this is the whole point of what's happening and what's going to happen. Indian digital currency will come. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, I have a great respect towards uh, what the country is transitioning to. Like right now over the last, uh, let's say, uh, over the last half decade, over the last five, six years, uh, from the point where the country is to the point where the country is leading to the change and shift of ideologies and people's mentality towards um, the investments, the the world of finance as we, as we discussed over the last uh, 10 minutes. And not just that, uh, throughout the entire idea is simply being transformed okay since since we since you brought about this idea that uh, china is trying to push yuans like as a globalized yeah, currency yuan, yuan. oh yeah just a yuan yuan right yes yuan and also digital yuan is they want to yeah. bring in uh, digital perfect currency. perfect the other day i was reading uh, reading this article which says that there there is a cold war i mean we all know that there is a cold war that's happening between two superpower countries of uh, on the planet right now, uh, one is the United States and the other one is China. And probably between these two, both of these countries are trying to generalize the way we describe currency, the way we uh, like look at currency on a global perspective. Let's say, if you look at a product, we, we call it as 500, 600, 1000, 1200, uh, $2,000. We put this tagline as dollars. But... Since there is this notion of Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency and, and the entire idea of mining has come into the place, there is also this point of where 
China is trying to push its currency as a legalized, as a generalized uh, currency throughout the globe. The world, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. See, I'll tell you, when you, you just brought up of mining, so um, Bitcoin mining is extremely uh, costly, if I can say, because uh, it said that one report said it takes more electricity than uh, uh, Argentina and Ukraine. But uh, coming back to uh, your uh, question on Chinese glo- on global currency. So, Global currency ka matlab is where which is that particular currency which countries prefer to trade in. That's all. So if you give me goods, if I give you dollars, you'll be happy with it. Why? Uh, usually, I mean, telling you till now what happened, like from let's say a decade ago or whatever it is. So very happy because they are also keeping the dollars and they're going to give it to US or take something else from them. So that trading businesses, usually everyone will happy with some currency called uh, uh, dollars. But now, a lot of people are trading with China, right? I'm very, I'm, I'm actually toning down and simplifying why US dollars is uh, accepted and uh, Chinese yuan is current, currently getting that uh, popularity. But uh, there are a lot more technicalities. But simple reason. So now, now if I give you as a country a Chinese yuan, you will be happy with it because you can trade with China with the same currency. You don't have uh, much of uh, issue and fluctuations on that part. So that is one part. The second part is. Any country who knows that its currency is being circulated as the uh, as the currency, as the global currency, is at advantage because all the central government also will need to put it as reserves. So currently, we have tons, like around, I think, 400 billion as our uh, US uh, dollar reserves. Uh, I think it's increasing significantly. But we have a significant amount of uh, US dollar reserves. Uh, and... But that's the same thing which China wants to do, uh, make us uh, do. That is, we it wants us to have Chinese currency as reserves, not just us, like every single country. Chinese wants, uh, China wants every single country to have its own uh, currency as reserves because more its currency more uh, and has more value globally, its currency keeps on increasing. So that that's its whole point. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So since we since we talked a lot about investing. Uh, like how do we invest? Uh, I mean, I mean, you're an author too. Uh, you wrote this book called The Monkey in You. I mean, that's that's a wonderful name to give to a book. And uh, I firstly congratulate you on on the book. And so going on that, what is your book all about? And what are the books that you would suggest as an author for people to explore the world of finance? Uh, so the monkey in you goes mostly on uh, a self-talk and uh, what you tell yourself uh, every night you sleep or like every time you face a competition. So it's mostly on competition and self-talk, how you face a competition, what is the root of competition and how do you win competition in different manners. I have spoken to Paralympic athletes, uh, soldiers and uh, Padma Shrivadi, Muthi Jatreya and all that. So that's how it comes in. But why I think actually self-talk is important in finances before you invest in some company, your heart actually beats like a million times because you are putting your hard-earned money in someone else's business and you are telling them, take it, maja madu. You, I mean, you enjoy this with, with this money in, and put it in the right places and make sure that I get some returns. So you're giving it to someone. You're giving it to the exchanges or you're giving it to obviously the companies which you're investing in. So that heart beats. So that's why I think self-talk is really important on how do you believe in this company. So that's what I ask my question. Like ask questions to yourself. And that's why my, I really like my book, which actually helps me 
I read reread my books in some places and uh, and try to understand. Okay, so this is what I would think in this perspective. Shit, I forgot this. So um, that that's why it uh, helps in uh, uh, investing. And second is in for investing, you can start off with simple Indian books. Uh, because a lot of people say I read Ben Graham's book and uh, all all the Wall Street uh, journals and all that makes sense. Good. That is good on an overall level, but start off with Indian books like I like Saurabh Mukherjee books, uh, Coffee Can Investing and Unusual Billionaires, and uh, start off with them, and uh, then later on you can go ahead with understanding businesses. Okay, not a common story, but what I would suggest is start with reading news. See if you read, like randomly take a book and start reading uh, about finance. Coffee Can Investing is a really good startup, uh, obviously, but uh, what I would suggest is. before going into books i'll give you like after do uh, something like i'll suggest you like when going to spotify you probably can access this link or even on youtube or whatever it is you can ping me on linkedin sapik babu uh, i'll give you like the list of all the books i can tell you online now too but what i would say is start ensuring that you have the basic understanding by reading books then you start with think and grow rich and uh, um, all uh, rich dad poor dad and all this uh, basic uh, popular finance books but again start reading news get acquainted with understanding businesses then you can read news i mean read, read books and just relate to it got it got it got it got it since you since you brought up this uh, point of like when you're investing your heart beats really hard i, I mean uh, there is there is a uh, difference that is that's quite uh, multiple times experienced by me and okay okay since since we thought about the way of investing so there is this entire notion of trust which just goes into companies yeah uh, how do you how do you justify that uh, justify that x factor in it yeah so now we're saying about trust i'll talk about just the question you told first in the company and second thing about trust of financial advisors so firstly trusting companies like when you trust companies you look at their management first you see if there's any legal cases or how do you handle them how do they care about their business so that's the trust you look at because anytime i'm 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 very foc- uh, i mean um, into keen into vc private equity and uh, venture capitalist uh, uh, sector so when i look at uh, startups private companies you don't have much history historical figures to analyze uh, are they actually good you actually believe in the idea and more than the idea the startup founder who started it because mark zuckerberg also started facebook and myspace was there a lot of uh, um, social networking sites were there but what is what changed that was the people he connected with what mark zuckerberg did and it's exactly what i'm saying right it's about your network it's about you people so trust comes to people not to machines because everyone can access every machine right so it's a bit of capital differences can be there but everybody can access the same machine every company uh, large companies every large company has the same machine which they can handle patents and all that differ again but at the same time how does that patent come how does those uh, uh, hard work come in? it's all about people i believe and trust people and i'm telling you today after 40 years you ask me i'll tell i believe in one thing that is people like you trust and believe in people in management and that's why even if it's going in the verge of bankruptcy people can like completely change it like i was having an interview with the kimberly clark representative i was you know and a student exchange with western michigan university and uh, we had an interview we were interviewing the kimberly clark representative and we were talking about how in 1981 1961 it, how kimberly clark actually changed itself because it was in the verge of bankruptcy why because of its ceo 
so that's when that's how it changes right even uh, uh, sundar pichai satyan arda when, when they came on take took that uh, uh, reins they changed the way the company works and they, they actually it was at the top of their games google or microsoft everything was at the top of their games but even then it was at the verge of going down but those people came in and they uplifted it so i believe in people uh, one and uh, that's that's all uh, i would say believe trust people same with course with financial advisor trust your advisor trust your tax analyst ensure you put their money in for sure i totally agree uh, investing in people because i i personally believe the people whom i get to work with or the people who i'm a team uh, a part of like are probably the biggest assets that i ever get to work with and probably the best people that i come across are those gems absolute gems that i always get to believe in and um, for sure investing in them is something which is quite tricky because because there is a lot of observation that uh, that comes into the game as well as that's similar yes. to that's similar to the game of stocks as we previous, previously dis- discussed but when we look at the transition of of the way we invest so in the very beginning there used to be this uh, set of letters and their location ha- uh, used to be uh, in, in the in in terms of a random alloc- uh, allotment and later it turned out to be first come first serve basis in terms of like the internet era uh, when when it first popped out and and later when when we got the, uh, got into this segment of kickstarter crowdfunding crowdcube i mean the entire notion of crowdfunding is a bit in mm-hmm. transition right now is what i feel yes what what do you think yes. about spac and crowdcube well i i would start off with retail investors there's this huge increase in retail investors in the uh, in the past like let's say after lockdown especially after lockdown so a lo- retail investors are individual investors first of all just to simplify it and when these individual investors come in they don't actually look at um businesses like as i told like they, i mean a lot of individual investors don't have the time don't have the resources to sit and look at what is this business where are they getting their profit margins what are the revenue how is it growing all this shit i do probably people who are financial advisors analysts and research people sit and do and understand their business but these people look at people like look, look at the person who is actually um, in the head of it or uh, who is endorsing it and they say oh this guy is saying that i'll go ahead that's all so that's why crowdfunding or uh, retail investors uh, increasing actually is happening and uh, especially when you talk about spacs spacs or uh, spac in simple words is where 20% is put up by the uh, sponsor or the promoter and the rest of them are actually put by the uh, people and on what basis on nothing on literally nothing you don't have anything it's a blank shell corporation spac is a blank shell corporation and there they have nothing to back up but that one person who's telling this is my spac sir uh, please invest in this that's all that's all is spac and what did that spac do after the taking all the money or let's say that two months or one year it's based on a, a usual spac spacs usually two years they take that two years and they say in two years i'll get you one company i'll acquire that company and be, uh, whatever i get it from that i will make sure that you get it at 10 dollar a piece or 12 dollar a piece so you'll get it at a cheaper price than the what market gives if you give me money now that's all now easily they can go list in ipo because it's public's money so to simplify things spacs are just a representative of how people are mad at giving out their money their dispensable income like just as small to give it out in the market not thinking not giving it to that particular financial advisor but simply giving out money 
because they think that this guy can actually handle it so i think retail investors are increasing significantly and i told the same thing uh, i think while we were conversing before if we both start up some cap, uh, some company and uh, if we both have good network and we both understand our idea and just convey it really well to the market there is no dearth of money people have money bro i'm telling you i've sat and we have i've i've spoken to so many uh, high, high net worth individuals when i was working with adbi capital right they have 50 lakhs 60 lakhs in their bank accounts they're like hello uh, i have uh, 60 lakhs in the account uh, so what do you want to do i like we can invest in the market it's growing it's like ha huh, do it like bro 50 lakhs you need to talk right no no this is my one account and i have a couple of other accounts like, what are you talking about they have a lot of money which is dormant and i say that is being if you put in the market happy about it i mean as a financial analyst and as a guy who's following market and in the market i'm really happy but uh, as i say uh, th- this retail investors money is going uh, i mean is increasing day by day and in india also it has increased significantly from a long time so yeah i think that's why crowdfunding and stacks are increasing significantly perfect perfect got it Wow, uh, that's a wonderful conversation. I guess, man. I mean, Satvik, you're a wonderful guy. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that was a fun conversation for me because I love finance. And anyone who wants to like ping me on LinkedIn, Instagram, WhatsApp, or whatever it is, you can always talk, have a conversation about finance, businesses, consulting, anything under the world. Um, I love to speak about anything. uh if it's actually going to uh impact people in the long run so thanks a lot for inviting me again to it's so glad to be here thanks for coming sir and that's it for this episode and see you in the next one. this is chandan perla signing off